This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Welcome back, guys, to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. I hope you're all well, and your weekend's been really good. So, we're continuing on our series on Prune for Better Fruit. And this uh, session today we're going to focus on is around the truth that you are never there. <laughs> so, we just don't know about you, but a prayer. God, we just thank you for a new day, for a new week. We thank you that you've got us this far. But we thank you that we've got this far, may as well go a wee bit further. <laughs> so we just pray for eyes to see the day. We pray for hearts that are ready to receive, ears that are ready to hear. We thank you for light that leads to life. We thank you for truth that makes us free. And we ask you these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the focus that we're on this week is going a wee bit further from the receiving correction and the intro around John 15. And we're just recapping a wee bit on the the fact that Jesus states that God is the gardener. The gardener who's constantly at work. Jesus is the parent plant, the vine, and we are the branches. We produce fruit by being connected to the vine. The vine produces a life, the sap, the life-giving sap that then makes us bear fruit. But the Father is at work in shaping and reshaping and cutting and altering so that the branches produce more fruit, a better quality of fruit. That picture, that symbol, is is just showing the depth of care that the gardener has about our lives. You know, we're nowhere we were. We might be doing good and producing better fruit, better results in areas of your lives. But he cares that much that he wants us to produce better fruit. He wants us to produce more fruit. That we will have new growth. That we'll have a better shape spiritually. Be in better shape mentally. Be in better shape physically. And and, and I know it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that, you know, we are transformed from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So this captures us by by really saying that that we're going to be reshaped and reformed from glory to glory. (laughs) Which is a great truth to receive, that, you know, we can trust our Father is always at work. He is working things out for our good. He is working in us. If we let him to to shape and mould, transform us into that, that image the likeness of his son. You know, and I don't know about you, when you think of this statement that we, we've never, we never arrive. You know, it, it's not true when you jump on a train, is it? <laughs> or you go in your car, you know, you say, I'm going for this town to the next town. You know, you do arrive at the destination. Um, You know, you set a goal. You know, I'm not going to do this or I'm going to do this and I'm going to save this. or I'm, You know, you, you, you set goals and you arrive at that the accomplishment of the goal. So, you know, that's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about necessarily the goals or the destinations that we try and travel to on earth. But we're talking about spiritually. We're talking about mentally. We're talking about the inner life of while we're on earth, we have we never arrive. 
we never arrive at this place of absolute Christ-like perfection. We never arrive at this place of everything's accomplished in our lives. That's it. I can shut up shop. I don't have to keep continue to grow. I don't have to continue to practice anymore. I've made it. I have arrived. That's me. <laughs> so, I first heard this truth and it, it was a quote from Bob Dylan. Um, I was wa- watching a documentary years ago. And this, when he said this, it jumped out the telly at me and it just, I knew the importance of it for my own life. And somebody had asked Bob Dylan, um, must have been around about the 60s or 70s, you know, when he had come on the scene and, you know, so, some of these, you know, iconic tunes that he, that he had, uh, you know, had written and performed. They said to him, how does it feel, Bob, now that you're such a great songwriter, you're famous and you've made it? And Bob said... We are never there. <laughs> he said, we are constantly in the state of becoming. And uh, I heard him say after that, he goes, if you can keep that mindset, you'll, you'll be doing all right. So when I heard that, it just jumped jumped to me. It's really important because at that point in my life, I was learning order, the need and the importance of order in my life. And I was looking at my dishes in the sink and how I could wash all the dishes and then start to think oh that's me I've done them my dishes are done and then the next day I'm still sitting there going no ma I've done my dishes but I keep using new ones and they pile up but I'm still going no I've done my dishes you know I've got them in order no the dishes weren't done they needed each new day they had to be done again and you know I know that's a basic example but that is what it spoke to me about it's like you're never there you know, just because you, you wash your dish tonight, you know, you're going to need to wash them tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's a new day. You know, you're going to be more dishes needing done. And this made me think of, uh, in, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, when when the earth was spoken to being by God, and mankind was uh, created, um, he says here that the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it, this is the amplified version, to guard it and to keep it. So at that point in my life, I had heard this inside in quiet time one day, that the garden of Eden is inside of you. So I was always reading it, not just as this story of this kind of mental, you know, intellectual, academic story. You know, you're reading through the intellect and just looking at it as as some fact. I was seeing that this was actually, there's a spiritual truth to this. That the garden was inside. And the sentiment of that, that verse is about that garden that's in you. You have to tend it, which means to care for it to look after it, give your attention to it. You need to guard it. You need to watch over it in order to protect it. And you also need to keep it, which means you have to cause to to continue in a specified condition. You have to to keep that garden of yours in in the right condition. You have to keep it. And so, you know, that, that jumped out at me that your responsibility is to keep cultivating what's under our care. And, you know, that sense of this is, I'm never there. You know, I, I, I have to keep, I have to keep on top of these things. There's, there's a discipline and a difficulty to life. It's not all leisure and pleasure and ease. There's a, there's a, 
there's a dis- discipline and difficulty that actually reminds you of this is this is as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. Um, so you know that that truth about needing to continuously be pruned, that needing to to be cultivated, cultivate what's under your care. There's a, a a verse in the New Testament that really explains this best because. Paul points this out and captures it and owns this truth for himself in Philippians chapter 3. And uh, Paul, Paul is writing from a prison cell, writing this letter. And, uh, you know, he writes in ch- chapter 3 about not ha- wanting a righteousness of his own, not, not, being, not putting an emphasis on his own performance. But he says, I'm determined that I would know intimately know Jesus that I would know him in such a way uh, you know and experience him not just know him but an experiential knowledge and he said I would also I also want to know an experiential knowledge of his, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings so that I'll be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness and into his death the, the commentator Matthew Henry writes that this speaks of the sin would be killed within him and he would be raised up to newness of life. So Paul's writing here saying, this is my determined purpose. I want to have this intimate connection and knowledge of Jesus, that my righteousness is found in him. I want to experience the power of his resurrection, raising me to newness of life away from the, 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 the sin that, that, that so easily besets us. You know, and the, and the Amplified says that, that if possible, I would I, I would obtain a spiritual and moral resurrection out of the body whilst in the body. So he's saying, I want this. I want to experience the feeling of the the transformation in my spirit, mind, and body while I'm in the body. But then he goes on to say, Not that I've already attained this. I've I've not attained this ideal. Not that I've already been made perfect. Not that I've already arrived. That's, that's what he says. He was he was mature enough. This is a man, think of this, a man who'd written two-thirds of the New Testament, a man who'd accomplished much, but yet he was humble enough to admit his condition of not yet arrived. I've no, I've no arrived. I've no, I've no arrived at this destination. That's what I'm aiming at, but I'm no, I've no arrived there. There's a lot of work to be done yet. Paul captures this, Paul owns that, he admits it for himself. The question we would be asking then is, what happens when we don't have this attitude? What happens when we don't, when we think we've arrived or we get we get, we get deceived into thinking, because I'm not the way I was when I was, you know, a drug addict or a, the way I was 10 years ago, the way I was in my younger years. Um, the, what's the dangers of thinking I've arrived? So the first couple is this sense of pride. A sense of complacency, which is about being self-satisfied, deceived, and and thinking that you know because I'm so much better than them, or I'm so much better than who I was then that I, I you know and look what I'm doing, look what I'm teaching, look what I lead, look what I work as. That sense that that, that we could be complacent, that we we we're just no pliable anymore. We can then become stagnant. In that, that we're not allowing the fruit to be pruned, to be re- to be reshaped and altered. We don't allow ourselves to be corrected. 
Uh, and this is a place of great danger. What what happened with me is I've been recently. This is a current thing that, that uh, I've noticed myself with this. I've been seeing this uh, fitness instructor who's been helping me train. You know, monitor my diet, monitor my pro- my protein intake. You know, all, all the things that goes along with really focusing on your physical health. Now, I was a fitness instructor. When I was 20-odd, went through Scottish School of Sport, done an, an NC, HNC, ran circuit training classes, boxer sizes, and it was a great success. Classes were always fully booked, you know, loved it. And I was always training, always punching as hard as I could. And I I literally came to a point in the 20s, because my, my body was my god, training the endorphins I was feeling from that was so addictive to me. I was so fit, but I didn't see myself as fit because I was still looking at this broken image that was inside, but that's another that's another story. But the point was, I had burned myself out and I, my arms weren't, weren't recovering. The strength I felt my arms wasn't there. It was so discouraging. And I would try and do some weight training and, my, my, and, and literally my energy wouldn't replenish in my arms. And this has been ongoing since. I would, I would only do certain exercises and most the most recent experience I had of this was a, another trainer the previous year and I was doing all this exercise and I was thinking I was getting something and the next minute just drained my, my, my arms when they recovered. So it was so discouraging, almost depressing that you know you can't, you've not got that physical strength to, to sustain a, a, an exercise routine. So I go to this new trainer and the new trainer is really focused on the diet and the, the level of intake of protein. And so, all of a sudden, I'm putting 140 grams of protein in my body. And I'm still training, and this has been six weeks, seven weeks, and I'm not feeling any, I've not been feeling any lack of energy in the recovery and replenishment in my arms. Right? Which is an absolute uh, revelation. Miracle. Because I'm, I, I've been believing that this, I can't do this. I'm believing these lies that my body cannot recover, which has limited the level of exercise, the, the heights that I can rise to with that because of what I'm believing. So, where's that playing out in your life? The point of that is we need to be humble enough to receive truths that can prove our beliefs wrong. You know, when 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 we are stuck in believing that no, I, this is the truth for me. You know, in that that specific situation for me, that meant that I couldn't train. It meant that I was lacking energy. It meant it limited me in ways uh, that you know I couldn't train certain ways. I could only tra- train you know a certain level of cardio, and it meant my body shape wasn't to my liking because I was I, I was I'm not able to train it in the way that you can actually have it. Uh, shape to the way I would prefer. So I hope you get the point that you know that is what happens. That can what happen in our own lives. We 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 don't allow certain attitudes can be so stuck. So I believe I've got the truth. I believe I'm I've arrived. I believe this is a this this is this is a you know this is a God honest truth about this. When you know a wee bit of humility is required to allow us to receive truth. To, to be receptive to truth. Another danger, what I can I can relate to. I'm sure I'm sure we all will when we hear this one, 
is we when we think we've arrived, we think we've already been made perfect. We look down on others who are being shaped and moulded with contempt. Because this superiority complex in us, it can make us look down on others, think we're so much better. So God have mercy. God have mercy on us all with that. But that, that's what happens. I've noticed in the work I'm doing, see when people don't look at themselves, it's almost, there's, there's almost a, a, a default of always looking at somebody else and talking about the other person who's the irritation or the other person's problems. But the minute, the minute I've seen people through the work we're doing with, it, with, a, with a certain course, and it's all focused on each individual asking their own questions of who, how, where they're at, what condition they're in, how are they really doing. It takes this looking at everybody else away. The trap of that, it's almost like a, a, a defence mechanism. We, we can actually look on others because we're, we're, uh, we're, we're deflecting away from actually having to face ourselves. So, you know, if that's you, you know, that, that sense of humble ourselves, make the corrections, allow that to be pruned uh, in our lives. And so, uh, the, the attitude here is, humility says, I can receive. I've not arrived. I appreciate the fruit that, that's in my life. I appreciate the changes that, that are getting made. I thank God for the good things he's doing in me and through me, but I, I'm a work in progress. Uh, this is a new day. My garden still needs to be cultivated. I need to tend to it and guard it and keep it uh, in order. Uh, but this, this sense of pride it would say, no, I've arrived. Look how good I'm doing. Look what I know. Look what I teach. Look what, the, what, what I lead. Look how many people come to my thing. Uh, you know, that can block us, deceive us from the, the necessary pruning that, that, that's required for us. Remember, it says the branch that bears fruit, it says he repeatedly prunes so that it will continue to produce more, better, richer fruit, better result. So finally, just to finish, what's the answer here is to humble ourselves. We're all works in progress. To be like Paul who says, look, I've not arrived, but this is the thing I'm doing. I'm pressing on to lay hold of Christ Jesus, to make him my own, Forgetting the, the great success that's behind me, yeah, we remember that. But we're not we're not we're not resting in it. We're not resting in yesterday's success. We're not thinking that that's me. I've because I've done all this, I'm qualified, I'm I've arrived. No, Paul captures it best by saying, Look, I forget what's behind and I keep reaching, I keep stretching forward to what lies ahead of me. And I, I love this, I've been praying these things for years about the need to cultivate, the need to keep being, being adjustable, to be reshaped, to be adaptable, to be reshaped and reformed. And this enables us to experience the, the better fruit in the next seasons of our life. So, determine to allow yourself to be pruned. Determine to allow yourself to be reshaped to be reformed and no rest on yesterday's success but to be altered altered and adjusted to experience better fruit in the next season of your life I leave you with this song from a lady called Leanne Crawford and the song's called A Work in Progress God bless you
And if there's things I need to change To say what I'm about to say I got issues I'm anything but figured out And oh, I feel much better now That I just said those words out It's okay. I'm a working person. 